Welcome back to our second season of a Run On Culture podcast. This season, I've enlisted the help of my good friend and 225 Masters marathoner, Brock Butler, to help co-host the show. We'll trade off interviews as we dive into some of the elements of success that led to what was a historic outdoor track season for the high school boys distance runners in Pennsylvania. Led by new state records from Gary Martin in the 1600 meters at 402.15 and Robert DiDonato in the 3200 meters at 844.98, Pennsylvania produced four of the top 10 1600 meter times in the country and five of the top 15 3200 meter times in Pennsylvania state history. Aiden Barnhill and Declan Reimer of Downingtown West also became the fastest tandem in state history, running 405.52 and 405.99 respectively. Without a doubt, it was a special season. But how did it happen and what led to all the fast times? We hope you enjoy the interviews as much as we did and find a few clues to what led to all of their success. up there to watch what was going to happen the uh the weather was perfect the wind still we knew you're about ready to watch something special and it's the most anticipation most excitement i've seen around a high school race in my lifetime so the atmosphere was there for a great race all the star runners there and some runners that had already accomplished some amazing things this season i was at the earlier race where Di Donato ran 844 and martin ran 853 at 3200 so you knew low fours was likely to happen welcome to a run on culture podcast featuring local runners and coaches, helping us define a culture of success. All right, hey Mark, it is awesome to talk to you today. Really excited to dig into some topics related to some of the performances we've seen this year with high school athletes. But before we get into all that, uh, can you just give us a little recap of uh, who you are and some of the things you've been up to recently? Okay, so first of all, I'd thank, like to thank you for the opportunity to participate in this. It's a, great to talk to you. I'm Mark Schmitz. I am the head track and field and cross-country coach for the girls at Bishop Shanahan High School. Uh, from 2018 to 2020, I was assistant coach under Scott Burns at Downingtown West for both track and cross-country. All right, awesome. So we can we can probably get into more of that later as we talk about some of the things. But I just want to kind of start with the big topic that we're going to uh, ranch everything else off of, which is really the race and, and all the races leading up to it, where we saw so many great high school athletes uh, perform well in the mile. So we'll talk about the the uh, the race that happened at Henderson at the end of the season, really after the season, when Gary Martin broke the Pennsylvania high school record in the, the mile in the 1600. And we just saw some of the other athletes in that race also show up in the top 10. We saw Aiden Barnhill, uh, Declan Reimer, and Devin Comer all make the top 10 all time in the 1600. And uh, Robert DiDonato also in that race, you know, had a fantastic season. Season. Just, just incredible. amazing what they so, did um, this year. And so we're going to use that as the starting point for this. My track and field so friends that aren't coaching uh, what, you know, made it a point to show up race. there to watch what was going to happen. The uh, the weather was perfect. The wind still. You knew you were about ready to watch something special. And it's the most anticipation, most excitement I've seen around a high school 
race in my lifetime. So the atmosphere was there for a great race, all the star runners there and some runners that had already accomplished some amazing things this season. I was at the earlier race where Di Donato ran 8.44 and Martin ran 8.53 at 3,200. So you knew low fours was likely to happen uh, with the athletes pushing each other. Um, so that, that, that was uh, element number one, this, the, at, the atmosphere and the weather was perfect. And, you know, when I went through the 800 mark, it, it, it was clear that uh, at that point in time, we were going to see some uh, uh, sometimes under 405. So uh, it, it, was, it was exciting to be a, a part of it. I felt like I was watching the NBA finals or the Super Bowl or something, but only in the context of uh, high school uh, milers. I know, right? It feels like you're you're at some kind of premier running event, and it's like it's a high school, you know, it's a high school kid. It was it was cool, and uh, I happened to be out there warming up for the five thousand meters. I was just thinking that you know that atmosphere really was like perfect, where the sun had just kind of gone down. It was that like twilight hour, and um, man, there was just so much excitement on that track. People running all over the place, and just unbelievable what those kids did. Yeah, and then, and then uh, you know, too, uh, I've been around track and field a long time, so uh, I remember Ken Lowry in 1982, whose uh, mile record fell. Uh, I remember Paul Vandergrift, I think it was 1987, when he ran the 403 1600 at States. Uh, so th- th- these are guys that, uh, you know, their, their names have been uh, emblazoned in the Pennsylvania record books for a long time. And to see not only a broken, but a number of other runners, uh, you know, come pretty darn close to taking out the existing records, it was great. For real, yeah. So that's that's great to kind of think back how long it's been since we've seen those kind of times, and to see four really, you know, top ten times in one race. Right. Um, that I mean, that's kind of why that's kind of why we're talking. This is a special moment for for what everyone has done and, and just what's happening here. So we're going to definitely use that as the, the the topic as we explore some other things here in this conversation. So let's go back. You mentioned that you coached at Downingtown West, um, assisting Scott Burns uh, for several years. So since uh, Aiden Barnhill and Declan Reimer, obviously both with Downingtown West, um, we'll probably focus on them for a little little bit since you had some firsthand experiences. So tell me maybe when you first met them, just kind of take me back to the very beginning when you first met or knew of uh, Aiden and Declan. My first um, year with Downtown West was actually spring of 2018. Coach Burns took a sabbatical that that season. So I was in charge of the distance and middle distance uh, guys and girls. Uh, Both uh, Reimer and Barnhill were ninth graders. Um, I doubt whether either of them weighed 100 pounds. Clearly uh, showed some talent and clearly had a lot of physical development left to do. So... uh, you knew that they were going to be good, but you know, impossible to predict that they're going to you know turn in four hundred fives by the time they graduated. Yeah. So okay, freshman year, yeah, very very early on, definitely would be hard to know. Did, was there anything other than just knowing they had some talent? Was there anything that you, you know different about them that you noticed, or was it just just kind of like any other talented freshman who you might have had on the team? Yeah, a, a couple things. One, uh, uh, you know, clearly they're very. Uh, 
young, early in their development stage. So you need a long way to go. Two, um, their forms, even as ninth graders, uh, were were pretty much impeccable. So yeah, they were very smooth runners at that point in time. I think uh, Aiden ran 4:44 that year, which is you know, outstanding for a ninth grader. And Declan was. Um, around five minutes was his PR for 1600. So again, very, very competitive for ninth graders. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily take a five minute guy and, and, uh, think that they, they were going to develop into how Declan, uh, developed it. And, uh, so it was probably more of a surprise, uh, for me, uh, that Declan came that far. The, uh, Aiden was, you know, I think 16 seconds ahead of him at that point in time. Uh, not as much as a surprise there, but, uh, they, they both clearly were going to have good careers. Awesome. All right. So let's progress from there. This, this is interesting to see how they, they went from that point to where, to where they are now. Sophomore year. Do you remember anything specifically about, about what might have changed between their freshman and sophomore year and, and how they did? Sure. They, they, they both made big jumps from their freshman to sophomore year. And uh, I think with a year under Coach Burns' program, um, not completely a surprise. Bar, you know, Barnhill, uh, uh, I'll do cross country because I'll use Lehigh, the district meet as the uh, barometer here. He was a 1728 guy, I think, uh, uh, his freshman year. Uh, his sophomore year is 1551. So uh, monumental progress uh, there. Um, Declan made similar progress. So he went from 1812, if I remember correctly, down to 1649. Uh, again, but so both of them making the, you know, about a minute and a half jump uh, in the time between their freshman and sophomore years in cross country. And I say similar type improvements uh, in the 1600. Okay. So big jump to sophomore year. Um, obviously, you know, junior, senior year, we, we kind of know where things went. Do you remember any point either that year or later where you kind of felt like, whoa, like they, they, it, it dawned on you that like, they're going to not just be good, but they could be like one of the best um, in the state, you know, for downtown West was, was, did that ever occur? Yeah, I think, you know, Scott and I would talk about this a lot, uh, by, by their sophomore year, um, we knew that something was special was going on with the whole team, that that, uh, mm -hmm. that this was a, a state contender, for, you know, for the years that that sophomore class was going to be there, that we were, we were going to make runs at the state title and cross country. As much as their progress that you could see and measure with a stopwatch, um, there was something about the, the whole group that was motivated. So it, it wasn't it wasn't um, that uh, they were just incredibly talented. Uh, it was everything else about them, their 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 willingness to work hard, their attitude, the way they supported each other, the camaraderie between them and their teammates, um, their diets, uh, sleep patterns. Uh, they're, they're just completely into it. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's I definitely want to come back to that some more, too. This is you know we're talking about two athletes who did amazing, but they didn't do it on their own, right? There was, there was an amazing team there. And it sounds like you and coach Burns both recognized that it was the whole group um, that really was going to be amazing. And, and yeah, these, these two kind of ended up shining at the end, but, but it was, it was a, a team that, that did this. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So I think that sets the stage. Um, in terms of the background, uh, I would like to get a little bit into hearing your impressions on a little more of the things that developed um, over the years. 
to, you know, we just talked about the, the team element and we're going to probably come back a little more to that, but let's, let's break down some of the components of their development, if that's okay. Okay. Um, I'd love to just, you know, we can pick on any, any piece of it, but let's start with just the training. Cause it's the more obvious piece. Like I don't want to get into every, every workout they ever did, but I'm curious, like what, what was their training progression like from your perspective from, from maybe freshman on to senior year. And I realized that you worked with them primarily their, their first three years. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the program, we'll start with cross country or the summer training, preparing for cross country, uh, which is really what I look at as the foundation for the whole, um, the whole season and including track season. So, uh, at downtown West, what we did is we really, um, had a um, program that progressed. If you were a freshman with a with a, you know five minute PR uh, versus a uh, senior uh, with a four ten PR, um, you're going to get a different training program. So it's very uh, tailored to uh, your uh, physical maturity, your readiness for the training, as well as as how, how fast you're running. So th- the buildup happens gradually. So in a freshman, they're a freshman. Um, probably doing 30, you know, the 30 to 40 mile uh, a week range to when they're seniors doing in the 60 to 70 mile a week range, but that doesn't happen overnight. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a nice progression from freshman to senior year. Uh, and, and, and generally by the time uh, boys become seniors, they're, they're pretty durable. Uh, freshman boys typically aren't durable and they're prone to injury. So you got to moderate your training accordingly. That's, I think, one of the things the Downingtown West program does well, uh, despite being what I would categorize as a strength base or a higher mileage program. Uh, it doesn't assume that everybody is the same. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I was proud of being part of there was that the injury rate, despite despite the amount of running done, uh, is relatively low compared to what I've read is typical in a high school program. And that's for boys and girls. That's not to say we had no injuries. Right. Uh, but you catch them early. Uh, you, a, you prevent them uh, uh, with the right stretching, the right uh, strength and mobility exercises, and B, catch them early uh, so that they don't become something that bothers you through the whole season. Yeah, that's I think that's a key point. the the type of the type of running and workouts they were doing as seniors was was significant, right? They're running a lot of miles. They're doing hard workouts. They're doing a lot of like they're doing a lot of quality in addition to just the volume that they're doing. And it, in my my understanding of of the program, I mean, they're they're building up to being pretty close to what it might be like as a freshman in college at a at like a Division one program, which is awesome, right? But yet you do that in a way that doesn't doesn't hurt them early on, you build them slowly. And, um, and I guess the case of these two, did, did they ever have any serious injuries in the four years that they were there to your knowledge? Um, I, I, I remember each of them having, uh, uh, an injury, um, serious, I mean, not serious in the nature of stress fracture, but st- yeah. serious where it, it's, let's say it restricted their training for, uh, for multiple weeks. I think I think Aiden's was his sophomore year in track, uh, so he was very limited uh, in the mileage he was doing his sophomore year. He still made it to states, did fine. Uh, uh, and uh, De- Declan, I think it was his junior year, uh, had a, a hip issue. Um, and um, I, I think what's great about both of these athletes is that they did, uh, I always say, do what your body gives you. 
Uh, so I'll take Declan's hip injury. Um, he he got on the uh, we had a, a, a elliptico. That's an elliptical trainer, and it was in the winter. And he just he, he we put it up on a stand, and he could do that pain free. So he kept his cardiovascular fitness uh, when running wasn't an option. So uh, these guys really did a lot while they're injured to. Uh, minimize their the impact of their injury and 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 maximize their uh, recovery time or minimize their recovery time cool that's a great point yeah what do you do when you get injured sounds like you know it happens if Aiden was was injured and still came back and, and ran at states that's that's not too major that, that sounds like a pretty good recovery and, and it sounds like cross training and other things like the elliptico which is very uh very run specific allows you to maintain fitness and and running fitness really you you use tools like that to help help these athletes progress even when they can't run yeah, it's very, very active recovery. Uh, you know, I've seen uh, the opposite being, oh, you know, my my hip hurts, and I'm going to I'm going to take three months off. And um, generally, what happens is there's some weight gain that happens there. You come back, uh, and you and you're not, and and the ramp up, you get injured again. Uh, whereas an active recovery, I think, is a uh, is a much more effective way to come back. Yeah. Are all the athletes willing to, um, to do that, to cross train, to do the kind of things it takes to recover and stay and stay fit? Um, or is that something that these athletes maybe makes, makes them stand out? Or is that just something that's part of the program that everybody does? Um, yeah, I can't say all the athletes, uh, but, um, I think there is a, um, general culture there that when you you see what the top guys like uh like aiden like declan like holden bats when you when when you see what they're doing to uh to maximize their chance at success it's hard to be part of that and not expect the same of yourself yeah yeah so i'm sure i'm sure that the positive influence on the rest of the team uh, uh was there while we're on that topic i've read in in some recent articles how the competition between them was both certainly pushes pushes them each other to greater heights, but not in a negative way, not in a like, you know, going to do whatever it takes to beat you more, more of like, hey, I'm going to try my best, but in the end, I'm going to be happy, you know, that we all do our best. Is that, um, yeah, is that something innate in these athletes or is, is that the kind of thing that's promoted in, in the program? I, de- I definitely think it's uh, promoted in the program uh, that uh, a, a supportive environment, we support our teammates. Um, obviously, every race, you're going to have to do the best you can. That means you're trying to beat your teammates too, right? Two two things stand out from this season, both at the Whippet Invitational in early April and the John Hay, the one where uh, the race we're talking about here. The first thing that I noticed when they crossed the finish line is Aiden Declan hugged each other. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 uh uh they knew what they had done. Uh they were happy for each other. Uh and that's the first thing they did. Turn around, hug each other. That's awesome. I actually think I also saw a picture of probably as they were walking off the track, one of their teammates, uh Holden Betts, yeah, looking at them, the expression on his face like just said it all. Like he was <laughs> out of his mind happy for what they just did. And he had just run, you know, in the heat before. Uh, so that's pretty cool to see, to see that type of camaraderie and competition together. You know, yeah, I don't think we can discount that as being an important factor here. Yeah, agree. Yeah. All right. So mo- moving on in terms of athletic development, because there's so much that goes into this. You said something earlier that um, you know not only do you progress athletes over time, but you don't treat athletes the same. You assume that every athlete's a little bit different. 
that comes down to, to coaching and want to hear a little more about some of the things maybe you and coach Burns did with these athletes that might have kept them on the right path. And that could be, you know, getting them faster, but also just keeping them healthy, keeping them going consistent improvement over time. Is there anything that comes to mind around coaching decisions that, that might've played in here? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, that um, there's a ton of books written on running, right? Uh, so you and I have probably read most of them. Uh, and, you know, what the perfect training program is. And uh, I think the coaching really starts after you've developed the program. So adjustments need to be made all the time. Some kids respond well to high mileage. Some kids respond more to a, a higher speed component to it. So uh, recognizing that uh, is key. Uh, that that hey, this this isn't working for this particular athlete. Let's let's tweak something. Just a skill from being around runners a long time. You recognize. Likewise, that you're running a workout, and sometimes you just read somebody's face and say, it's time to shut this workout down. It'd be unproductive to force this athlete uh, through the completion of this workout and you pull them from the workout. Uh, so it's always great to have a plan. And, uh, and, uh, and Scott certainly does uh, it's a, a, in a very detailed fashion. But um, the wisdom to tweak that plan for a particular athlete, uh, I think that's where the, the coaching really starts. And that's not only the physical element, that's the emotional element as well. Different athletes need different feedback. So, you know, some, some people like to be you know, you know, the, the tough coach and some people like the, uh, the kind and understanding and forgiving coach. And, and you, you got to figure out what, what motivates each athlete. That's awesome. And I'm glad you got into that because that was actually kind of where I wanted to go next was, you know, in order to run like this consistently and have all these great races, you, you have to have your mind in the right place. And that means managing those emotions. Uh, we, we all have them and we need to over, not overcome them, but just be with them and, and use them to our advantage to, to stay motivated, but also to put ourselves through the type of pain and suffering it takes to run that fast. It's just, it hurts. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I get that like the coaches have a big role to play there, knowing each athlete, helping them along. It, anything specific you can think of that you guys did to, to help make that component so successful? Boy, I, I answer that in a general kind of way. Uh, communication, communication. You know, as long as you're got an open line of communications with the athlete, uh, they're open to, to being honest with you and you're being honest with them. Uh, I think that happens. You discover things and you make the adjustments uh, uh, necessary. One of the things that I've stolen from Scott for Bishop Shanahan uh, that I really like that we did is uh, uh, recognition day. So, um, so generally it was a Monday, generally it happened the weekend after a race, but not, not always where we gave, um, every group on the team, you know, we break it up into whatever it be, uh, age category or, you know, varsity JV had an opportunity to recognize somebody else on the team. Mm. And I, I think that one thing is universal and this, this is in the corporate world. This is in the high school world. It's universal in humans. Everybody likes positive feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I think I can say that without exception. And uh, I think that that's a bit, it was a big part of um, the, the team atmosphere when you, when you, when you give kids a chance to say something good about their teammates. Yeah. So that jives with a lot of what I do professionally as well as a, an athlete in coaching. 
it, it makes me think of something sometimes called psychological safety. And I don't want to get too nerdy here, but if an athlete feels like safe, that they're, they can, they can run and whatever happens, they're supported, their, their team's behind them, you know, their parents, the coaches, everybody's behind them. That, that frees them to be at their best. Right. And I think that you know, if I can inject my own observations, I think Dinetown West does a great job facilitating that. And it comes from the coaches, but it also comes from the other other athletes. Uh, and it comes from, uh, must come from the parents. It must come from just really the topic I want to talk about next, which is the culture. So on that topic, why don't we shift to that? <laughs> That's okay. Um, because... I think that, you know, this, this podcast that um, Coach Burns started, A Run on Culture, really does get at the aspect that we're, we're not doing this as individuals, we're doing this together. And given what uh, some of the athletes have done this year, you know, you got to think that the culture and, and the environment that they're exposed to has, has a role to play. So you've already mentioned a lot of things that pertain to what the, the way athletes are coached and the way you approach things, but is there anything else that stands out about just the environment and culture at the uh, downtown West? Uh, yeah, I, I'll, 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 I'll talk about expectations here. I think it's important for um, the coaches to set expectations of what the program's about. Um, it's important for the athletes to do it with each other. Um, but one of the things uh, that was clear at Downingtown West uh, is that this is a varsity sport. Uh, it's like a business. You know, we, you know, we, we uh, you know, we're not. This is this this is a varsity sport, just like the football team, just you know, just like the basketball team, just like any sport. We're here to be the best version of our best version of a runner that we can be. If you're not here for that reason, uh, it, it, there'll be there'll be issues, right? Uh, uh, so that expectation setting is important. It's important for the kids to know that if uh, two minutes into the run, uh, they're 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 ba bathing in the Brandywine Creek, uh, that coach sees you, that it's not it's it, you know that that you're going to be you're going to be called out on it. So uh, one of the things that uh, speeches that Coach Burns gave that I always appreciated was the "We are not that team" speech. We are not the team that dresses up as French. Fries. And apparently there was in the past there's at the district meet somebody dressed up as a french fry and there's some history there uh, that i wasn't uh, there for but um but uh that uh when we go to a championship race we're we're, we're business and we want to win if you're on this team you know you, you need to uh treat the sport with the seriousness that the coaching staff does and and most of the athletes do so that expectation setting is important communication we, we talked about commun com communication too things are going to change just as long as you know if you yeah you know, if you can't make practice that's fine if you can't make practice and, and you don't tell anybody about it then it's not fine right so um you know that, that element too um likewise if you're hurt you know don't wait until the second week you're hurt before you tell the coaches uh tell the coach the first day you're hurt uh, so those type of expectations uh, are clearly communicated and I think all the athletes that are part of the program, uh, you know, understand those expectations. That's excellent. So they know they know how to behave. They know what the ramifications are if they don't, and they they know that there's always an open line of communication to to be clear on those things. Um, mm -hmm. That's that sounds great. So that that definitely to me sounds a lot like the aspects of a well-defined culture. It's, it's doesn't have to be one way or the other. It's just that everybody has to know what it is and they, and they know how to behave. And uh, right. that's right. Nice. So, you know, sometimes athletes put a lot of pressure on themselves 
athletes have bad races. Mm-hmm. Athletes have bad workouts. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't define who you are. It doesn't define who you are as a person, who you are as a runner. It's okay not to always do your best. If you're trying, you did your best. Uh, you're not always going to run your best race. Yeah. To try to take some of that uh, anxiety that a high school athlete has off them, you know, that, that they always need to get the A plus in every race. It just doesn't happen that way. Yep. So that sounds a little bit like um, almost, I don't know if it's, if it's a uh, implicit or explicit, but a value system where, you know, you could choose to value performance above all else, or you could choose to value more broad view of, of things where, Hey, you're, you're, you're a lot of things and, and runners just one of them. And so we value getting out there and trying and doing your best more than the actual outcome. Is that something you guys have like decided and communicated or does it just kind of work out that way? Uh, it, it gets communicated. Uh, it gets communicated uh, you know, somewhat regularly. Um, and also, you know, to be there to support your teammates and so not just the coaches supporting uh, the athletes, but the, the athletes supporting the athletes. And that's athletes on other teams, too. Uh, one of the traditions uh, uh, that uh, we have is that uh, the, the athletes are all encouraged to congratulate their competitors at, in the finish shoot. Uh, um, and um, they're, they're, just, they're, they're very good at it. And uh, nothing uh, makes me happier than when you get feedback from a parent or another coach that says, you know, that your athletes are, are, are class people. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, you encourage them to be good people, which which sounds like so important, given that running is just one little piece of these of their life. OK, so the other thing about culture is it tends to be kind of cumulative. I'm curious about how prior classes, prior generations of athletes at Downtown West might have kind of built towards this. Is there anything you can tell me about that? Like what your thoughts are on, on like the, the history of Downtown West and some of the things that came before? Sure. Um, and I, I don't have a long history there, but um, I have some history as a track fan. And then I have three years of history as, as an assistant coach there, uh, but enough that I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so contrary to the belief that Downing has downtown has something special in the water or they just lucked out and have these extraordinary athletes. Uh, the kids that come through the program have seen what the success is built on. And it, it and it's, it, and it's, uh, it's not always just raw talent. That's just one component of it. And I've seen a lot of, uh, kids manufacture great high school careers. I say manufacture, but they just work hard and uh, it's a sport that that attribute can really pay off. Some of my highlights as coach are actually not the Aiden Barnhills and Declan Reimers, but they're the uh, um, Ian Torres Mercado who who transferred into Downingtown for his last year. And he had a PR of 24 minutes uh, coming in as a junior and he left with a PR of 17.51. Or one of the top runners now, uh, uh, Dave Gigelaw, who's, uh, I think he ran 23.30 his freshman year and uh, 16.56 his junior year. Yeah, they they see the work when they're ninth grade that that the people that came before him put in and know that it's not just about having a God-given gift of being able to run fast, uh, uh, that it's a lot of it's about hard work. Yeah. So, so Declan and Aiden being, uh, you know, obviously 
massively talented, did, did their best, and it turned out to be amazing, uh, 405 for 1,600 meters. But others on the team who maybe don't get the same publicity, it sounds like they, they've got equal gains in terms of, of how far they came relative to their potential and, and really getting, you know, getting as far as they possibly could. Yep. That's awesome. So we talked a little bit about the culture within Downtown West. Do you think there's a broader, I don't know if it's a culture or some kind of interaction between athletes in, in this part of Pennsylvania to see so many good athletes do amazing. Do, do you think there's anything about the kind of combined success of everybody, Martin, Didonato, Barnhill, Reimer, Comer, and, and all the others who did amazing? Uh, I, I do. Um, I, I, I think, you know, first of all, I think this area has a, a history of, uh, of uh, strong uh, distance running programs uh, um, that uh, the Westchester Hendersons, you know, Coatesville was the national champions in 2006, uh, Downingtown West. Uh, so there's a... Um, I'm going to call it camaraderie there uh, that, uh, that I think benefits everybody. And then you get to know these, you know, some of the athletes on other teams become your friends and they're not these uh, running gods that you, you've never met, but going back to the specifics of this year, uh, which was a very challenging year with uh, with with COVID. Um, um, how these runners that you know, all ran you know 402, 405 uh, did that with such extraordinary challenges. Um, I know that uh, Declan and Naden pushed each other, but I'm sure that they all pushed. Uh, you know, that they were pushing each other from afar as well, you know, knowing that you're going to show up uh, uh, at the John Hay Invitational with that cast of characters, um, uh, you, you know, you're going to have your work cut out for you. So I'm, I'm sure that uh, helped push all of these athletes. Yep. So you think like 14 months ago when, when track season essentially canceled, they're off running on their own. You think, you think knowing, knowing that each other is out there training helped help push them along a little bit. Yeah. I, I've got some interesting observations there. Uh, I mean, uh, this, this was the first season I got in as a, as the Bishop Shanahan coach. Um, but I watched the impact of COVID, uh, against performances in different events. Hmm. Um, uh, a lot of the events were negatively impacted, especially if they required equipment that you didn't have. Like nobody has a pole vaulting pit in their backyard or, or hurdles set up uh, in their backyard. Uh, and the uh, the quality and the depth of the athletes in, in those sports really, really suffered. I, I suspect will suffer for a year or two to come because of that gap year. Distance running is one of those things that you can uh, you, you can do without all the equipment for the most part. And uh, so I, I suspect that uh, all these athletes didn't miss a beat with their training. I, I know that's the case with the Downingtown West boys, where they, they were as hardworking as ever. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and like I said, you, you can do it on your own or with, with a few teammates uh, you know, when everything else is shut down. So I, I, I didn't, it doesn't act from the results. You would think that COVID helped distance runners, but <laughs> I'm, sure that's, I'm sure that's somewhat of an anomaly. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, very interesting how it all came together. Certainly it, it worked, you know, there was it was just a special year. And so I guess as we look ahead now, you're now coaching at Bishop Shanahan, like you said. I guess I'm curious some of the things we've learned, some of the things you've learned, and some of the things you're taking to your program and some of the things maybe you're expanding on at your program. I'd love to hear a little more about about what you're doing to uh, to continue this legacy of amazing running in Southeast Pennsylvania. Yeah, so um, I, I have a saying that uh, uh, 
success is the byproduct of doing the little things right. Mm. So um, that, that, that's one of the things I'm um, trying to impress upon the Bishop Shanahan athletes, consistency, getting a good night's rest, eating well, communicating with each other. Um, winning isn't everything, but I, I, it, is a, it is a byproduct of doing other things right. And, and, and that's true in business, too, as I'm sure you know, that you know, the successful businesses uh, make money largely because they do the little things right. You know, caring for... Uh, that aspect to Shanahan and, and I'll, I'm going to give the, the girls a, a ton of credit here. They've been a very committed group. So, that, you know, I, 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 I walked into a good situation where uh, I've got some uh, natural born leaders on the team uh, that, uh, that, uh, that understand the message, uh, live the message, uh, spread the message. And this, this summer so far has been, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier with the uh, with the uh, level of dedication I'm uh, I'm seeing from the team, and I'm very optimistic that uh, this will be a, a great uh, that that will show up on the race course in the fall that their their consistency and dedication. Awesome! I can't I can't wait to see it as a fan of the sport and just love following this stuff. I, I you know I can't wait to see what what comes of your program at Downtown West and just. Hey, we still have uh, another year to watch Gary Martin run high school and also to see, see these uh, athletes compete in, in college now. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. One of my, one of my uh, measures of success uh, is, as a coach is how many athletes continue to do this sport after high school? Yeah. All right, so Coach Burns likes to wrap things up a certain way here, so we'll follow his pattern. Um, so I'm going to ask you a series of things to comment on. The first one is, um, what are three things that you are personally grateful for? Oh, do I have to stick to three? Stick to three. No, <laughs> no more, no less. <laughs> well, I, I have to say my family. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, very, very fortunate to have a lovely wife, three, three great kids, uh, and extended family as well. So I feel very fortunate in that respect. Uh, I'll put uh, friends, uh, uh, friends in the same category. I really value the friendships I've made, you know, both in my time in the corporate world and in the coaching world. So I got a lot of long-term friends whose friendship I really value. Um, and the third thing I'd say is just that I have this opportunity to coach. Um, I've uh, uh, been a lifetime runner. I've, as I mentioned, I coached uh, in, in the corporate world and I've coached at the CYO level youth, you know, up to eighth grade for 12 years now. Uh, but I, uh, I uh, took the uh, opportunity to leave the corporate world a little, little early with the support of my wife. Uh, I, I like to make the joke that uh you know, she's not a, uh, a runner, um, uh, but she has supported my, uh, my coaching habit uh, all these years and actually helped me coach the, the, the young kids. Uh, so I'm very fortunate to have that situation at home and the opportunity to do uh, uh, something I really love for the rest of my career. Nice. All right. That's, that's excellent. We know you're passionate about running and coaching. Uh, outside of that, what are, what are two things that you're passionate about? I would say uh, anything, almost anything outdoors, you know, hiking, uh, fishing, hunting. Uh, uh, I, I just, I love to be outdoors, uh, biking, you know, so I, I, I like those things. And also, um, re, re, I say reading and doing puzzles. You know, I, I, I love mental exercise as well. Yeah. Do you, do you like to read things other than uh, running books? 
Uh, I do mostly nonfiction. I'm not a I'm not a big fiction person, but I, I do a lot of uh, uh, reading on history, and yes, I do a lot of reading on writing too. Yeah, yeah, we we share that in common, and I have to force myself to read fiction. It's, it's good, but I just I just don't gravitate to it. All right, last question: What's kind of like the main thing or one thing that you tell your athletes that helps them believe in themselves? Um, really, it's the um, the consistency and the training that if you have confidence that you put in the work that the person who pulls up alongside you in a race did or more work, um, running, as you know, is such a mental game. It's, it's really about who can, uh, uh, whose mind can convince themselves that they're willing to suffer more than the other person. And, um, and, and, and training when you have that confidence that, that you've done your homework, yeah, uh, it, 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 it's it's going to it's going to show in your results in the race. So wear out those shoes, get out there, do the work and and the results will take care of themselves. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I uh, I love this topic. I could talk all day, but I think we'll uh, end it here. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk. I, I think that what you know, this kind of stuff you, um, Coach Burns, and, and really some of the other coaches uh, are doing is just amazing, taking it to another level. And I love how you've uh, now seeing, you know, just results um, of, of all that work. So good work to you and everybody. Um, and hopefully we, uh, we can talk again soon. Thanks, Brock. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. All right. Take care. All right. See you. Thank you for listening to A Run on Culture. If you're interested in being a guest, please email scott.burns.run at gmail.com.